everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Kelly O show. On today's show, I am so so happy that I was finally able to coordinate schedules with my dear friend Letitia. Letitia Barr is somebody that I met ages ago. In fact, I know exactly when I met her first in person, I think it was uh, end of October 2015. And the reason I remember that is it, I actually need to do an entire podcast on what a game changing, life changing influence certain people can have on your life. And you guys know I'm all about having aha moments and paying attention to the epiphanies that are presented to us and and listening to it. You know, quite often we ignore that inner nudge. We ignore uh, our instinct that's telling us, hey, it's time to like leave behind the old and pursue the new. And certainly when I met Letitia and hung out with her and Juliana Dever and um, Beth Santos, we were all pulled together because we were on a brand campaign together with Corn and Gorilla Glass. And we went out to Arizona and that was the first of several adventures we all did together. And those three ladies have had such a huge impact on my life. And Letitia is certainly somebody who has had, like the other two ladies, an an ongoing positive impact on my life. And I've wanted to get her on the show for multiple reasons. And she's definitely going to come back on the show. And I'll tell you what we're focusing on today. And I'm going to tell you in general why I've wanted her on the show, because then you'll know what's coming. So first, I knew obviously that Letitia would be a great interview as somebody who can share her experience like mine and somebody who started blogging way back in the day. Um, just for her own fun and and really accountability um, and as an outlet for creativity and writing. And then that ended up becoming something that she was able to monetize and make an income from. So I knew as I was developing this business series where I'm interviewing successful female entrepreneurs who are making money working from home and making money online, she was going to be one of the people I wanted to interview. Um, She has a very niche audience Sometimes I always, every time I say the word niche or niche or niche, 
I always feel like I'm saying it the wrong way. She's a very niche, niche, whatever audience um, and talks a lot about technology. The, The name of her blog is Tech Savvy Mama. And so I've always wanted to interview her on that. And then after we met, she started running and she'd never been a runner. And it has been so inspiring to me to watch her just take up running. She started doing a, a run for St. Jude's. She's become so passionate about raising money for St. Jude's. She's raised a lot of money for St. Jude's, a lot of uh, driven a lot of traffic and brand awareness to that uh, wonderful organization. And just watching her fall in love with running has been very inspiring. And she says it's because of me, which is funny because I run less now than I ever did. Not that it's because I want to, but just because of, of what's been going on with my health and migraines in the past and so on. So that's going to be a separate interview where I bring her on and we talk specifically about running and her how she found running, how she started from not running at all to being somebody who runs marathons, half marathons, like it's nothing. So we'll definitely have her back on to talk about that. Um, and then obviously today what we're focusing on is more of her blog as a business. And then thirdly, um, what we talk about a little bit at the end are, and this was unexpected, but I knew it would also make sense considering what's going on in the world today. We're in March of 2020. Everybody's in this coronavirus quarantine situation. And as somebody who is a parent herself, who speaks and gives a lot of advice for parents in dealing with kids from you know middle grade school to middle school, um, Letitia just has such great insights. And she had some really good tips for parents that are suddenly going, oh my God, I'm homeschooling my kids. You know, So um, that was something that we started to talk about towards the second half of the show. So again, I want you to sit back and enjoy. This is an hour long conversation. We will definitely be having Letitia back on the show on a regular basis. She's just so inspiring, such a ball of energy and joy and happiness. Um, And she just keeps it real too. Sometimes I think when I introduce somebody like that, there might be some people in the audience rolling their eyes going, oh, how can somebody always be happy and, you know, um, plentiful and joyful and positive and optimistic? Well, you know what? It's a choice. It doesn't mean that you don't have downtimes. It means that you can choose to live your life and be positive and find the good in all of the craziness. And I think you'll just fall in love with Letitia. I, in fact, I know you will. So sit back and enjoy. This is a two-part interview with Letitia Barr, Tech Heavy Mama. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I have one of my favorite, 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 favorite. I'm laughing as I say this because she's one of my favorite people, but I'm distinctly remembering my old boss at my last job who said, Kelly, everybody's your favorite. And I'm like, but truly everybody is my favorite. And he's like, am I your favorite? I'm like, yes, you're my favorite in the context of this job in Washington, DC. So I have one of my favorite people on the planet who has made a huge impact on my life. She's one of my Gorilla Glass Girls group, Letitia Barr, Tech Savvy Mama. Love you to death. I'm so happy that you're on the show. Are you ready to go? I am ready to go. Thanks for having me, Kelly. And see, she sounds so calm, cool, and collected. And that's one of the things that when we, so for those of you who are like, what the hell does Kelly Alexa mean with Gorilla Glass? Like, so Letitia and Juliana Dever, who I've also interviewed on the show for a travel ed segment, um, and Beth Santos, who is known as Maximum Beth on social media. I believe that's still her handle, right? That is still our handle, and one day we have to follow up and ask her about this when we get yeah. together. So that's kind of sounds in the back like a, my mind. a stage name or something. 
I know. I want to know more. I mean, it sounds awesome. Like it that sounds is, like there's so. a, maybe a, a filthy, dirty past there or something. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> yeah. We definitely need to get to the bottom of this, of this over some wine and some queso. <laughs> so we met, we, the, three, the three of them and me were all invited by Corning Gorilla Glass to be on a campaign. This was back in 2015. So a lot of you guys have heard me say 2015 was a very pivotal year for me. Um, eye-opening experience. And it was in October um, when I flew out to Phoenix and I met with, you know, some of these people for the first time, some of them I'd already known through Fitfluential, Letitia being one of them. And we all were on this campaign together. And then it ended up being that they chose us to kind of work with them on a regular basis. So we had several different things we did together with Corning. We called ourselves the four because it was a group of four of us. And so we always joke more of the four or whatever. We had all these adventures. And honestly, like these three ladies had such a huge impact on my life. Um, I will probably just have a completely separate podcast about that. Um, but they're just wonderful women. They've changed my life. I love them dearly. And you're going to love this interview. So I asked for everybody, let me just give you a few brackets here about Letitia. I wanted Letitia on the show for myriad reasons, and I'll tell you why, and then what we're going to focus on today. Because when we first scheduled the show, we scheduled the show probably well before our world became Corona Bill, right? Yes, we did. Oh my yeah. gosh. I can't even remember. We scheduled and then we rescheduled, but yeah, now here we are. <laughs> the so, landscape is very different, but we'll get yeah, through it. Exactly. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> exactly. So we scheduled this and I, I did want her on the show to talk about um, for, her, for our business series. So most of this is going to be under the topic of the business series because Letitia is a very successful blogger. Um, her blog is Tech Savvy Mama. You will love it if you are a parent, if you're not a parent, but particularly if you're a parent. Um, I think she's one of the most exceptional human beings out there who just has such great advice for parents in dealing with kids of all ages. And she just holds her shit together like nobody else. I mean, she's just, oh, thanks, um, Kelly. She's, she's amazing. And it does remind me one little side example of Letitia. We're on this big hike in, what is it? The Beta Tack in Ruins? We're, we're I think sandwich. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and we're all like, sandwich. Yeah, we're all like just it's raining and we're stuck in this like kind of treacherous part of this area. And Letitia's just standing there eating a sandwich. And all of us are like looking at her like, what are you doing? We don't know. And I don't know, we were upset about something. And she's like, and Juliana's like, leave it to Letitia to have packed a sandwich. <laughs> she's like, such well, a I think the, I think the concern was that it was starting to rain, right? Oh, and yeah. here we were at the bottom of the canyon. And we know, we know from the geography oh. that when it rains, canyons can be channels through which water flows very, very fast. And if we're at the bottom, we're going to get swept away. And so we got, we, we hiked to the bottom and we were looking at the ruins, you know, and then it started to rain and uh, we hadn't had lunch yet. We had lunch in our bag, but there we are, like it's raining, we're hiking out. And then all of a sudden I pull out a sandwich and I'm having a full conversation with Beth while eating a ham sandwich about parenting. And she wasn't a mom yet. So the hilarity of it all and ham sandwiches. <laughs> so many memories. Anyway, yeah. exactly. Um, so many adventures, all those fun times for sure. But she really is. She's calm, cool, collected mom. <laughs> and so as we were talking before the show, she was like, well, what are we going to focus on today? And I said, well, first I wanted to have you on. And I thought we'd do the first half of the show about your blog, making money as, a, as an entrepreneur in that manner. And then the second half, it's been really cool because since I've met Letitia, I have watched her say, you know what? I'm going to run a 5K. And then it was, I'm going to run it. Haven't you done a half marathon? 
Yeah, I've done three half marathons, a couple 5Ks, and I raised money for St. Jude, and they're the reason why I run. And you were the inspiration behind this like five years ago. And I'm crazy, so right? embarrassed how little running I've been doing lately, but <laughs> I'm going to be getting back right. to it for sure. Um, but yeah, so we were going to talk about that, but I think for today, considering how much has changed with Corona and how many people are home, um, are out of work, looking for other ways to work. Um, and parents, one of the things she's going to talk to at the end um, is, you know, her tips for parents who are suddenly like WTF, I'm home with my kids. I'm trying to do homeschooling and not become an alcoholic. Like what, you know, we're going to have some tips there because she, she's got some good insights. But for today, we're going to focus on how she started her blog, how she, you know, makes it a solid income from that, what it's like working from home and all of those tips. Um, but for, for us to get started, you know, I've alluded to, and we'll have you back to talk about, you know, how you ended up just, you did, you just dove into running and now you're this great runner who really enjoys it. So I'd love to have you back on the show when things calm down a bit. We'll talk about that. Sounds good. We'll do that later. Yeah. Tell people about your blog. When did you start blogging? Why did you start blogging? And when did your blog become something that was, you were like, wow, I could actually make money from this. Because there's a lot of people listening who are like, not, I mean, I will tell you this, Leticia, I should have told you before the show. So you know that this was Fit for Lunchal Radio. A lot yeah. of people who listen are not necessarily just, this isn't just like the influencer network. It's a lot more people who weren't in the influencer network, people who, you mm -hmm. know, read those blogs. So a lot of people listening are not familiar with bloggers being an influencer, how those people make money. Or a lot of people might be like, oh, those people just say they make money. They don't make money. So take that, take it from that context and tell us when you started your blog, why, and when you saw it as a money making vehicle. Yeah, I mean, all very, all very good questions. I mean, I started blogging in 2008. To give you some perspective, um, at the time, my daughter was four, and now she's 16. Oh, wow. So I've been doing this for 12 years. I am like an OG of the blogging world. And my background <laughs> in technology, parenting, and education. So I'm a former, now returned to the classroom teacher with a background in school administration and technology leadership. I thought I wanted to be a principal and then I had my own kids and I was like, wow, there's no way. I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> I mean, I love my principal dearly and I look at what she does day in and day out and man, she is a superhero. And uh, I love education and I love teaching, but I just always love the teaching side of it too and not all the administration. So, you know, back in 2008, my mother-in-law was getting ready to give us a hand-me-down computer. And it was, if you remember back in the day, it was one of the iMacs that looked like a Pixar lamp. And our daughter was four and in preschool. <laughs> she went to a Waldorf preschool, which meant very like no screen time, very wholesome. We always wanted to be the family when we did the potlucks, you know, of like the quinoa and the super healthy vegan stuff. We always wanted to bring the box of Twinkies and like throw it on the table and run and see what would happen. But we never did that. We joke, we joke about that, but we this never did. This is why I love so you. Here was <laughs> Here was my daughter going to this like super crunchy preschool and we loved our Waldorf preschool dearly. But at the same time, as a teacher and as a parent, I saw the great potential in technology being a tool to help her learn because I was using technology in my classroom with my first graders. I was training teachers. Then I, then I moved out of the classroom and I spent many years working for our school system, training and te teaching teachers how to integrate technology into their curriculum in order to enhance instruction. So 
I, I knew the potential as a parent, I knew the potential as a teacher, but at the same time, the parent side of me really struggled with bringing a computer into our house because I didn't want it to be this thing that she was drawn to. I was also really concerned about what kinds of things she would play, um, how we would evaluate software, because back then, software mm-hmm. came in boxes. It wasn't just like apps and everything. So, oh my God, you this know, my is husband, so funny. I'm sorry I mean, to interrupt isn't you. It but... like back, back in yeah. the day. But I mean, think about it, Kelly. In 2008, our landscape with technology was so very different. So mm-hmm. here I had all these concerns about the technology we were bringing into our home. And so I started writing about this because my husband, as you know, he's in the technology space as well. And we were having some really, we were having some really thoughtful discussions around this. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, if we are two educated people with backgrounds in technology, he's far more tech savvy than I am. Like he actually writes programs and all that. But <laughs> my knowledge of technology is very different from his. But, you know, we were having these conversations about, like, if we're having these conflicts, bringing technology into our home, what is your average parent going to do? And look at here where we are. I mean, in 2008, there was no, I mean, social media was in its infancy. I think you and I were probably on Twitter and Facebook. It had just come out. It was something that was pretty new, but smartphones weren't out yet. The app store hadn't launched. There were no, there was no social media. And so our landscape and our relationship with technology is so different than what it is today. So as my kids have grown up, I've written about technology as it relates Relates to education and parenting. And now I'm a parent of two teenagers and I'm constantly being asked by PTAs, like, you know, come speak to us about how you manage screen time and, you know, how we can deal with all these things. And now certainly with our kids at home because of coronavirus, parents are having to shift the way they, you know, work it, they work from home. We're having to teach our own kids and supervise what they're doing online if online school is a component in your house. And, you know, socially, everything has shifted and within light of coronavirus. So, you know, these days I joke, I have job security for life, right? Because mm-hmm. our relationship with technology is so very different. But back when I started in 2008, I had no idea that this was something that I could make money at. I mean, six months after I started my blog, I went to my very first blog her, which was the second blog her that they ever held. And oh, really? people were giving me, people were giving me things. And I was like, whoa, wait, what, what is this? Like, why are you doing this to me? I was so confused because you have to remember I came from a teaching background like I was happy with a free pencil and a free pad of paper and I was like Mm -hmm. well you want to give me what and and what am I and I think even then we weren't sure we didn't know that we could monetize blogs people were just writing to share stories so in 2008 there you weren't an influencer you were a writer and for me I was a resource blogger I was just sharing what I knew to help other parents and then you know, it shifted a year later. In 2009, Blogger was certainly bigger. Brands and companies had gotten on board and they realized that they could harness the power of bloggers to send out marketing messages. And that's, I think that was a really pivotal time where the tides turned. For me, yeah. this is always, I've always been very true to myself and my blog. I, I love integrating what I know about technology, parenting, and education. That's the trifecta for me. That's what I know. That's the world that I live in. That's my background. And that's where I think I, I really have built my audience because they know that I'm a trusted voice because I've been doing this one for so long. Mm-hmm. But two, I've also gone back to teaching. So now I work with middle schoolers and I teach, I write a lot about STEM topics. So science, technology, engineering, and math. So for years, I was out of the classroom. I actually left my teaching job to blog full time. And I've recently, just this fall, returned to teaching part time in a middle school. Um, I teach computer science. 
So now going back to a classroom, you know, all the things that I've told parents for many years, I'm implementing back in my classroom and I'm able to bring in, you know, some really good resources to my own students. So it's been really interesting having that shift. But, you know, it gives me another layer of credibility, not only because I'm a parent, but I'm a teacher. So I've been, like I mentioned to you earlier, I've been doing a lot of podcasting in the last 24 hours. I've had a lot of friends reach out to me and like, hey, can you be a guest? Because I really need somebody to talk to parents about how we're all going to get through, you know, teaching our kids in this in this online environment in light of coronavirus. So that's that's a long story about who I am. And, you know, I think that uh, the way I just started making money is that companies really found me. They liked my voice. They liked my expertise. And they liked that I was really authentic on my blog. I think you and I know that authenticity in this space is something that's really to be valued. And when you build an audience and they trust you, that means the world to the companies that want to work with you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny because when I hear, first thing that struck me is, you know, we're in 2020 and you say 2008. And to me, you know, I, I distinctly remember 2008 getting on Twitter. I remember 2009 hosting Gary Vaynerchuk. Like there's certain things that were like, I remember, right? Yeah. Right. And so I remember like, okay, that was the year I got on Twitter. This was when I got on YouTube. This is when I was, and I started blogging. I think I actually know I started blogging. Um, I started reading blogs when I was still married and I started my own blog when I got divorced. So I know that my blog kellyalexa.blogspot.com <laughs> back in the day. I was on a blog spot too. I had blog spot for so long. And then I don't even know when I moved to WordPress, but it took me forever because I was it, so nervous about it. <laughs> yeah. It took me a, a lot to, to move. And I just, I, I remember like my blog in that day was literally breaking every copyrighted image thing you could, because we didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know you couldn't just I mean, go to Google. Back then, back then we didn't have, I mean, the rules were different, right? There really yeah. weren't rules because it was an evolving, it was an evolving industry when you and I first started. There were no oh FTC rules, right? And disclosures yeah. and this, that, and the other. I mean, and really we weren't making very much money when you think about it, because we were just online to share, to share stories and to be resources for you in first and fitness and then me for technology education topics. Yeah, I didn't, I, I, the last thing, when I started my blog, it was truly a journal. It was, it was like, mm -hmm. I remember saying to myself, I was reading blogs and I had commented, I'd gotten up the guts to comment on some blogs. And when they oh, commented comment. back to me, comments were the best. <laughs> yeah. When they commented back to me, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe Jessica commented back to me. Like you looked at bloggers that you would read April and Jessica and I'm like oh my god she mm -hmm. wrote back to me and then when I became friends with these people like that was a big deal so then I thought I'll start my blog and for me it was like if I put what I'm doing from a fitness perspective on my journal on my blog it was an accountability thing for me but I right. I was not tr never now I know you you laugh at this because you know that I started my blog and then I ended up being an influencer with, with certain brands. Then I worked at an agency. Then I started Fitfluential. Mm -hmm. And when I started Fitfluential, my own blogging took a back seat. So the truth yeah. is, all the things that like bloggers who became really legitimate business people started to do, I had never done. I'd never built my email list. I did not mm -hmm. know how to do SEO. I'd, and I'm still learning it, frankly, right now. Um, all the things that are very commonplace that when somebody just chooses to start doing this now, there's so many resources and courses and freebies and, and tutorials. It's amazing. Right. But back then, I just blogged. 
And I right. would go to Google for an image yeah. and I'd be like, oh, let me just use this image. Okay. So I didn't know anything. Exactly. And we would just so, get on and we would write. We didn't even yeah. need to worry about promoting on social media because that wasn't a thing. We yeah. would comment on, on each other's stuff. We would read each other's stuff. But there was no need to promote on social media. You didn't need to have, you didn't publish a bot blog post and put it up on Instagram stories, schedule yeah. a Facebook post and a tweet, and then keep it going on social media because we just, we didn't do that. Yeah. It was a big, remember it was a big, like people back then were like, I've never asked anybody to subscribe to my blog ever. Right. Exactly. And so (laughs) truthfully, like it took me a long time. And so what's funny is to hear you talking about, well, way back in 2008 and I'm sitting here going, wow, that was 12 years ago, but it Mm -hmm. seems like yesterday. And then to also think that at that time, I probably still had my Blackberry. Um, (laughs) You know, like when, what was the year smartphones? Like when was the year that, they really came into place. Was it, I don't even know. I think it was, I, I looked it up recently. I think it was 2000. I think it was 2007. The first iPhone came out and it wasn't until summer 2008 that Apple um, opened the app store with maybe a hundred apps. And yeah, I remember I, I made up, fun I of that people. up recently. <laughs> I made fun of people because there's actually a really funny, I'll have to link it up in the show notes. Let me actually write that. Um, my friend Amy Burford and I did a video. So she'd gotten, I think she'd gotten the iPhone and I was, I would see, remember the commercials back there were like, there's an app for that. And I'm oh, like, yes. this is so stupid. And so she and I did this video where I'm like, this is why I like my Blackberry. And she's like, well, I think iPhones are cool. Um, and it's one of my most viewed videos <laughs> ever. And what happened is like a year later, I ended up getting my first iPhone and then we started working with Samsung and all of that. And it's just so yep. funny how, what, a, what an integral moment, but yeah. Okay. So that was my first kind of just head tilt moment, which is funny. But number two, this is my opinion. I'm going to pose a question to you. I think Mm -hmm. that so many of us who are like legacy bloggers, right? We started way back then. I like that. Legacies, not dinosaurs. I'll start calling myself a legacy blogger and not an OG dinosaur blogger. So thanks for that. Yeah, we are. We are legacy. Legacy. We're like like Tupac, you know, we're like, you know, we're like gangster bloggers. bloggers. So for those of us that started back then and, and maybe, maybe it was good and I say this for some of the, there's a certain group of people who decide they want to start. And this is what, where we're saying what not to do. When, when we started back then, we were doing it to connect with people. And I think what's missing from people who decide. And so for those of you listening, if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, Hey, I've always wanted to start a blog and I would love to be able to make money from it. You have to keep in mind the one thing, and I'm going to ask you to give your position on this or your opinion, um, Leticia, Mm -hmm. I think so many people, they, they want to figure out, just like with weight loss, what's the fastest way to make money from my blog instead of going, you know what, I'm going to have a blog, I'm going to develop a relationship with people, and I'm going to do what I really love. And it's going to take some time to earn some money, but I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right. And too many people go, no, I want to become an influencer. I'm going to copy this person. I'm going to do everything she does. I'm going to look like her. I'm going to start getting my pictures taken like her. And therefore, I'll shortcut you and I know there are no shortcuts 
in this, and especially for somebody who wants to get started right now, it's not easy. And people say all the time, like, how have you been doing this for 12 years? I'm like, well, I write about, first and foremost, I write about what I love. And I write about a topic that I know inside and out. Like, I am the mom of two teens. I have a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old. I know parenting at every stage. But besides that, you know, I'm a teacher and I have two master's degrees. I have like way more education than necessary, but Mm -hmm. I have all this great education experience. And from there, what I'm able to draw from that and from my past experiences in the classroom and current experiences in the classroom, in addition to being a parent, like all that kind of wraps itself up into what I share about the blog. And then certainly like my understanding of technology, right? I mean, technology is always changing. You and I have seen it change. We've seen trends come and go, um, but I'm, I'm able to to provide a perspective to parents that, you know, because of these three things that I know so well, that really nobody else has. It's very interesting. I have people who reach out to me all the time for campaigns and they're like, we need other like tech and parenting bloggers just like you. I'm like, honestly, there's like a handful of us, you know, if you're mm-hmm. looking for someone like me, I can recommend you to like my go-tos, my girls in the space who are, I've known for years who write really well and, you know, can be, you know, really solid voices for your campaign. But this is not something that was built overnight. You and I, we've been working at this for so long and mm-hmm. we've seen various, we've seen the space change. We've seen platforms come and go. We've seen tools come and go. And I think for somebody who wants to get started, I would really encourage them to think about what skills do you have? What things are you really good at, right? And also from there, like to feel what you think that you have that you could share with the world that is not just a flash in the pan, but it could also grow and change and evolve as the world grows and changes and evolves. Because the way I wrote about things when my kids were little, you know, certainly I, I write about those things now too for parents of younger kids, but I also bring in things for teens. So you have to be willing to change and evolve in this space. And I'm also thinking ahead to the fact that like, I do have a 16 year old, she's going to go to college and you know, how might that affect my blog and what things might I write about, you know, after my kids are out of the house. So that's a really important thing that I think sometimes you get so caught up in the money part of it. Like it's this shiny new object, the influence, or world. But it's not all that easy. So think about, first of all, how you can represent yourself in the space and the little niche that you can carve out for yourself that will appeal to somebody else. Like who will your audience be? What do you have to share with them? How will your voice be different from all the millions out there right now? That's such it's a good hard. word. That's such a good yeah. word. Isn't it? Um, <laughs> and it's pronounced so many different ways. Every, every time I pronounce it, I'm like, oh, should I say it this way? How do you say it? Uh, yeah, I don't know niche, niche, I don't know, either one or the other, it really is the same, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But the truth is, I mean, that brings up a good point because um, certainly when I was running Fitfluential, I would constantly have new influencers um, way over obsessing about their reach or their followers Mm -hmm. or, you know, what their monthly uniques are. And particularly today um, in this era of so many people on, and now you don't like, when I started Fitfluential, you had to be a blogger. Like there was, mm-hmm. there were legions of fitness influencers out there on Instagram or just with a Facebook page, but we couldn't get them on campaigns because brands wouldn't want to work with them because you didn't right. have a blog. And now it's different. So you can be on YouTube, you can be on, you know, TikTok now. You can be on, I don't think Snapchat as much, but you know, there's, there's different platforms where you can have that as your home base or you can have a blog. But what is it? It, what is beautiful is this, for those of you listening, you don't really need to get hung up on this term, but more brands mm-hmm. are 
comfortable working with micro-influencers because what they have come to know, and this is important, both Letitia and I know the value of creating a, a relationship with the people that tune into you. It is far better if you are going into starting a blog as one of your business ventures to develop a quality over quantity relationship because while there are the Kim Kardashians of the world who can put something out like whatever it is, some diet tea, and probably a good portion of her millions of followers will buy it. The truth mm -hmm. is that when there are bloggers who have a very niche audience and they put something out that they've, you know, a brand they've chosen to work with because they're like, okay, my audience is going to love this. That quality relationship is going to convert higher and better than somebody who has gone out and tried all kinds of disingenuous tactics, buying followers, you know, inflating their numbers, lying about whatever. And, and if you have a bunch of followers who don't give a shit about what you put out, when you try to sell them something, which is ultimately what any brand is going to want from you, they want you to promote something so people buy that product. Hey, everybody, you've reached the end of part one of this two-part interview with Letitia Barr, Tech Savvy Mama. Make sure you tune into part two.